You're listening to Chicago's Gospel Podcast, a show that explores how the unchanging gospel of Jesus Christ shapes your life in an ever-changing city. In each episode, we'll take you on a tour of the city to discover how the gospel speaks into both the unique opportunities and challenges Christians face in an urban context. This is a show from Chicago and for Chicago. So let's get to work. Well, welcome back to Chicago's Gospel Podcast. I am Eric Viker. And I'm Will Pareja. And we're so glad to have you tune in. As always, we are delighted uh, this afternoon when we're recording uh, to have two dear friends, a brother and a sister in Christ, whom we love and our church loves, some of our missions partners here from Dubai. Uh, and we think we have something really special for you. Uh, today, we have Mark and Hannah Donald joining us from uh, Covenant Hope Church, Dubai. Uh, as I said, they're just such dear brothers and uh, a dear brother and a dear sister in Christ. Uh, Will, you've known them a lot longer. They can introduce themselves, obviously, but uh, tell our audience a little bit about uh, Mark and Hannah. I got to know them in God's providence. I was looking I was trying to siphon interns from other places uh, to uh, years ago, and I got Mark's name on a list, and I contacted him. We started conversing and posed the possibility, and the long and the short of it, he was like, no, I think my wife needs to finish her work in, in Louisville, and and then he said, but we're planning on being going to Dubai uh, to serve and planting a church. Would you be interested in talking about that? And that's that's how it started, mm. um, and and so we we did. We started talking about it, and we were our church was still in a renewing process on a missions level of things, and so uh, we had them come in, and I was just looking for solid, go- real gospel loving people Amen. to extend, in a sense, the reach of what ASCC yeah. does. Amen. And so they they came in, um, uh, and to to kind of vet the relationship and stuff, and. Um, we enjoyed a weekend with them, part of which Mark got food poisoning <laughs> and Hannah had to preach. No, I was just kidding. <laughs> and, uh, but still, and, and they also gained another partner through that weekend, I believe here in Chicago, uh, right. the Dear Embassy Church. Yeah. Um, so we're grateful for, for that, that it's not just us in Chicago supporting them. So we actually have good reason for them to keep coming back <laughs> through Chicago. Yeah. Um, but we've... I've just been really impressed with their work and really the work of so many of our our partners over the world. I, I kind of I hate using the word, but I feel lucky mm. as a church that you know we we have people who are just simple gospel folk. They don't really veer from that. Yeah. They're people of integrity, <laughs> and I think that's the kind of couple we have on our show yeah. today. Amen. Mm. Well, Mark, Hannah, we are so glad to have you here. Uh, we're in the United States of America, but you're all the way here from the United Arab Emirates. So what brings you to Chicago? Hannah, we'll start with you. What brings you guys to Chicago this summer of 2023? <laughs> yeah, we're happy to be here. Um, I mean, primarily we're here in Chicago to visit you guys. Mm. And because Mark is doing a course for his one month sabbatical, so mm. he's doing, I'll let him talk more about that. Yeah. But um yeah, and Charlotte and I are here. Um, we got to go visit some family as well, nice. um, which is sweet since, you know, we live far away from a lot of them, <laughs> yeah. um, close to some of them. But um, yeah, so that's been a really, it's just been a sweet rest time. I'm a teacher, so it's been a fun summer holiday right. for me too and getting to spend time with my daughter. 
Mm. What do you um, teach, Hannah? I teach middle school Spanish. You te- you're an English speaking person that teaches Spanish <laughs> in the Middle in East. In the Gulf re- the Gul- yeah, or yeah. in the Middle East. Uh, awesome. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Let that sink yeah. in, folks. <laughs> Just so we're clear. Yeah. Most yeah. of my students speak Arabic at home. Wow. Or a mixture of other languages. So. Do you know any Arabic? Shweya Arabiya. That means a little bit. Okay. <laughs> wow. I'm convinced. <laughs> yeah. Not really. Not really. But you're one of those that. And on top of being a wife, a church member, you're a mother, but the teacher rhythm is such that it's intense for nine months, right? About nine months. Yeah. So you yeah. look forward to these times. Yeah. You can sp- spend more time. Yeah, that's a at she, home unplanned. She time. also serves our church as a deaconess uh, of children's ministry. So that's great. She wears a lot of hats yeah. and <laughs> does a lot of ministry. Yeah. Would you add Mark to why you're here this summer? She alluded to what you're yeah. doing. Say so a little bit more about mm-hmm. that. So it's uh, obviously a joy always to be back in Chicago with our partners here, um, but also I'll be here for um, most of the month of July participating in the Chicago course on preaching. Their summer intensive. That's with the Charles Simeon Trust. So just starting our second week, and uh, it's intense. It's an intensive <laughs> course, but it's wonderful. It's uh, I, I really love uh, the Simeon Trust and how they help train and prepare and equip pastors to preach God's word faithfully. Yeah. So, yeah. So are you guys saying that the same gospel that we preach in the United States is the same gospel you guys preach in the UAE? And if so, does it work over there? Amen. Amen. Yes, it does. Uh, God's word is powerful, um, and his gospel is the power for salvation for all who believe. Mm -hmm. And that message doesn't change whether you're in uh, Dubai or Chicago or London or uh, Mumbai, India. So, yeah, it's the same gospel. Mm -hmm. uh, You might obviously articulate it in different ways at different points, but the the core truths remain the same. Um, obviously, if you're in a different context and you're using a different language, then you'd have to learn that language. But yeah. thankfully, thankfully for us in Dubai, the vast majority of people speak uh, very high level of English. Mm. Uh, business, education, everything's done in English. So, yeah. So, tell us a bit about how you guys landed in Dubai, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll start there. How did you guys end up in Dubai? Less of a landing, right, and more of a <laughs> Being there, tell, yeah, <laughs> Root, tell us about roots it. Roots growing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll you let you first. go. Okay. Oh, okay. I can go first. Chronologically. I first landed first. in Dubai in 1989 with my parents, who are British. Uh, we uh, were living in Aberdeen in Scotland. I was just a baby at the time. And my dad's a civil engineer, uh, was working in construction work. And at that time, Dubai was just beginning to take off. The city has changed dramatically mm. since the 80s. Um, but my dad moved there to help build buildings. But he loved Jesus, and my mom loves Jesus. And they moved there with a heart for the nations. Mm. Um, and yeah, they've been there ever since. Mm. Mm-hmm. What about you, Hannah? I came a little later um, in 2002. Is that right? Man, I'm bad with years. Um, <laughs> 2002, and I was 11 years old. Um, my family moved to Dubai. Um, my parents, my three younger sisters, with two other families, um, primarily for my dad, who worked in full time ministry and campus ministry at mm. the time, um, to help pioneer uh, campus ministry in mm. in the Middle East. So, that ministry, by God's grace, over the last like 20 years, has flourished and grown, and students have come to know the Lord and become part of churches that have become um, 
more and more healthy, I think, over the years there and um, mm. and have loved, yeah, just living for the Lord in that yep. place. So um, now my dad has transitioned out of the campus ministry and it's now run by some of the first converts that were students <laughs> when they first arrived. So, that's so cool. Um, yeah. That is yeah, so cool. It's really cool. And so your dad, Brian Parks, mm-hmm. uh, is the lead pastor of Covenant Hope Church. That's right. Mark, you serve as an elder there full time. Mm-hmm. So I serve as an associate pastor at Covenant Hope Church. And um, really, it's uh, the way we work. Um, some churches, you know, uh, s- sort of differentiate different associate roles in different ways, but ours is pretty general. We, uh, we, I get involved with a lot of different things in my role as an associate. So I get to preach probably 10 to 15 times a year in our church and then also in other churches around the region. I get to go and fill pulpits at times, so that's a lot of fun. We, um, we have, in addition to our, our Sunday gatherings, we have a midweek Bible study where we are teaching people how to read the Word for themselves, mm-hmm. kind of leading an inductive style, so kind of looking at the text and observing the text and then interpreting the text and then applying the text really mm-hmm. in basic ways. We want to train people who maybe haven't read the Bible ever before uh, to do that and to learn how to do that for themselves. Uh, so I help lead that. We have some uh, core classes or kind of Sunday school classes. We teach on different things, everything from um, kind of some Bible basics where we're just trying to help people get a, a grasp of the the whole storyline of the Bible, something like that. We do sometimes we'll look at a particular book or uh, recently we just did an Old Testament overview where in 12 weeks we took them through every book of the Old Testament. <laughs> Casual. Um, yeah, it was uh, intense, <laughs> but it was great, and it was you so like good for my soul. <laughs> uh, I, I do sometimes, um, <laughs> and yeah, so the, the those classes are, are wonderful, and we do some practical ones too. So things like parenting or how mm. to share your faith with others, that sort of stuff. So that's the state of your church now, like where you fit in and how you're ministering. Let's walk it back a little bit. Let's not assume that, oh, well, you came as a baby to Dubai, essentially. You came as an 11-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um, that that automatically constitutes a, oh, Dubai forever, you know, hashtag right. Dubai yeah. all, all the time. <laughs> so you, at one point, you did come to the United States mm-hmm. to do seminary, yeah. right? And at what point are you f- sensing that Dubai is, Dubai is where we need to be? Mm. That's a great question. That's the calling question. Yeah. I don't like to put it in those terms always. but Sure. Yeah. No. Uh, with regards to that, I'd say, um, so I came to faith uh, shortly after university. Um, and when I came to faith, I started attending a church in Dubai called Redeemer Church of Dubai. Um, and it was really at that church that I first kind of was really discipled intentionally. Mm-hmm. And I started to grow very quickly by God's grace, uh, through just um, the the ordinary means of having someone kind of mentor me, open the scriptures with me, talk to me about the gospel, talk to me about how that applied to my life. I became a member in the church, was baptized, um, and I started serving in the church just as a, as a member, just as a church member, was attending the, the youth ministry, and that was really where I I, uh, I started to get some opportunities to, to lead or teach or disciple others. Mm. I remember um, one brother came and, and preached on, I think it's 2 Timothy 2.2, where it says, like, entrust to faithful men what's, you know, what you've heard so that they might entrust it to others. And, and so just seeing this kind of 
um, generations of discipling one another. And so I, uh, I started to realize like, hey, the things I'm learning, I need to actually pass those on. And so I started to uh, disciple people in the youth group. And as I was doing that, leaders in the church started to, uh, to see growth in me and potential for me to be involved in ministry. And so I, I was asked to do more and more things. And as I did that, I, I loved them and enjoyed them. And yeah, by, by God's grace, uh, through kind of having conversations with the elders in the church, they were asking me, do you want to consider ministry? And I was like, well, what does that look like? How do you consider ministry? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I was like, uh, I mean, sure, what, is, what do I do? And they were like, well, um, have you considered doing an internship? And so that church actually began an internship program for me and a few and a handful of guys in the church. You were the guinea pigs, huh? We were the guinea pigs. And that was a 10-month-long internship where I got to uh, leave my full-time job mm. and become uh, a, essentially a staff member of the church. And that whole internship, it was pretty much um, continuing to serve in the ways that I was already serving in the church and then just start reading a lot about pastoral ministry and read about the church and things like that and to really just kind of wrestle with uh, whether I wanted to consider ministry as a job. Um, at the time, was that with your now father-in-law or no? He was a lay elder at the church at the time, and he was discipling me, and he was uh, continuing with the student ministry that he had helped set up there. Mm-hmm. Um, so other elders in the church, Dave Furman was the senior pastor, is still the senior pastor. He was uh, investing in me and some other men in the church. And so over that 10 months, I think it was like me assessing the possibility and them assessing me. Mm. So I would say in terms of the idea of like calling, I, I, um, yeah, I, I've been blessed by, uh, actually the brother, the, 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 the friend that put me in touch with you, Will, and put you in touch with me, uh, Bobby Jameson, he's written a book called the path to being a pastor. Mm. And I Excellent. think you could exchange pastor there for like, the path to being in ministry or something like that, because sure. it's very applicable to other forms of ministry. It's focused on senior pastor role, but um, the first chapter is uh, he, he's trying to do the job of getting people to kind of lose that, that language of calling, as, mm-hmm. uh, and he kind of says, like, aspiring. Mm. So I was starting to aspire more and more to ministry, and the church was assessing me. And it, in some sense, if... If uh, if I'm if we were to still use the word calling, the church was saying we think you should. Mm. Uh, the elders were assessing me. Members in the church were encouraging me. So that would be where kind of like I felt called was like the church was yeah. saying, yeah, you should pursue ministry. Seems like nudging would be a a better word. <laughs> yeah, maybe affirming. 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 Uh, I was aspiring. Design. They were affirming that aspiration. Mm. And so at the end of that internship. They actually said to me, um, we think you should consider it. And we think if you are uh, aspiring that we want to help you do that. And so I was like, well, what's next? What, what should I do next? And they said, you know, since you're right at the beginning of uh, considering ministry, and I was young and I had the, I was single, I had the opportunity. They said, we want to help you by, we would say, 
we want to support you to go to get some theological education. We think that would be really valuable for ministry for years and years and years to come. Right. So I was like, well, where do I go to do that? You know, <laughs> I was I was asking a lot of questions because I didn't have a whole lot of answers, but um, I was encouraged uh, to consider a few different places in the U.S. Uh, but I landed with uh, Southern Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, Did you go there married? No, I was single, uh, but I had I was dating Hannah at that point. Um, you guys got married during the seminary years, and yeah. we got married. Oh, yeah, while I was at seminary, mm-hmm. we uh, had two and a half years there as, mm-hmm. as a married couple. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was holding everything really loosely at this point. Like there was no promises of like, hey, when you're done with seminary, mm-hmm. you have to come back to Redeemer right. or you get to come back to Redeemer. So they were In very, Dubai. I was, you know, yeah, Redeemer Church of Dubai. So I was open to, I, I was really like entrusting my future to whatever the Lord um had in, in you store. could have landed almost in an American church or in, in the UK. Yeah, and I'd say as far as uh, as far as my desires, rather than calling, but as far as my desires, my desires were to go to be in a place with fewer churches and fewer healthy gospel ministry things going on. Um, my heart uh, still kind of breaks for places and peoples that don't have much gospel witness. And there's places like that here in the US. And that's definitely true in the UK now. Um, it has a rich Christian heritage, but a lot of gospel Post-Christian. Need. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, so how, were you guys in lockstep at this time when, when you were emerging into your current role in current church? Or how much friction was there, if any? How much dialogue was there? I think by God's grace, like we met in Dubai, um, for us and our story, you know, the Lord just sort of designed our path so that we both grew up there. Um, we both had sort of a, a love from a young age, uh, for people of other cultures. I think we both really love people who are different than us and learning from them. Um, you know, when my family moved to Dubai, um, it was sweet. Like, I think I had just become a Christian when I was about 11, 10 or 11, right before that. Mm. And so the Lord gave me like a really clear sense of joy and desire to go with my parents, even mm. though it was their yeah. their vision and their decision yeah. to move our family there, but to see people um, hear about Jesus Christ who had never heard about him yeah. before. So from a young age, that was something that I desired and I was passionate about. Um, and then as I grew older um, before Mark and I started dating, I think that was something I continued to desire was to one day I came back to the States for college, but in college I had a really growing and strong desire to one day move back overseas. Mm. I didn't know what that would look like. I was hopeful for that. <laughs> like he talked about holding it loosely. I wasn't sure what my future held, yeah. you know, um, I was studying to be a teacher. I, I chose that because I wanted to have a job where I could go anywhere in the world. Mm. And, um, I also loved people and loved learning. So, um, so you're saying Hannah that, but okay. The the term calling isn't necessarily helpful, but that's put a placeholder, the affirmation (laughs) that you're saying that desire does play a role. Mm -hmm. Desires personally play some kind of role. Mm -hmm. Would would you say they're sovereign though? And then the process of considering, Oh, I'm going to, 
spend my life, the rest of my life overseas is because I desire to live overseas. I mean, you don't have to be a Christian for that. Right. 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 Um, sovereign, you mean like my God, desires. God was ordaining all of that? No. Oh, yeah. Are, are, are they the ultimate? I do believe that. <laughs> yes. Amen. Was it the ultimate factor uh, I see, in contributing I see. to being back? No, I think, you know, as a Christian, the ultimate driving factor is like, there are people around the world mm. that don't know Jesus and are dying in their sin. And yeah. there are, I mean, um, you know, maybe I think people in Chicago are more likely to meet someone who knows Christ, who can introduce them to the good news of the gospel mm -hmm. that, and I'm not saying that it's, um, there's not need here. There certainly is like Mark said, and in other Western countries like the UK. Um, but I think going to having a desire for people who don't know Jesus, um, to hear that God has sent his son to die for our sins and mm -hmm. that there's hope in, turning to him in faith for forgiveness. I think like that is what ultimate, that is sovereign, you know, that drives us yes. to see God's name um, be glorified by more people coming to know him and being saved. Mm. Um, I think it's helpful also, and this, none of this is like, uh, this is not original from me. I, I, I've read this somewhere. And I, I think that three things that factors that are helpful to consider when thinking about ministry and where you would go and what you would do are, I think desire is one of, of those mm -hmm. things. It's like, do you have a desire to go? Like you shouldn't do this under compulsion. Mm -hmm. So it's not helpful. It, you know, first Peter five, he's talking to elders. there, not missionaries necessarily, but he's like, it should, you shouldn't serve as under compulsion. Um, uh, so it should be a desire. You should do it w willingly and joyfully mm -hmm. uh, serve, but you uh, also have, uh, is there an opportunity? So, mm. um, is there an open door for ministry in that place to go and do that? Um, but then it's not, it's not only opportunity and desire. You have to be qualified too. You have to be able to do that ministry. So you've got qualifications for elders and first Timothy three and Titus one. And so I think those are the qualifications for what it means to be an elder in a church. But I think those are a good list of things to consider if you're going to go be a full-time ministry person anywhere, whether that's a missionary. Yeah. Or... That's really helpful. Can you say those three again, just in order? Sure. So uh, desire is important, opportunity, and ability or qualifications. Yeah. So that's a more holistic approach to calling than, than what I think is very prominent, which is just me and my heart. I feel yeah. that God has led me to do this. I think sometimes that can be uh, so dominating to someone's soul that they're like, I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that God is calling me to this. And part of that you kind of respect. You're like, okay, there's a resolve there. Mm -hmm. There's a confidence. But sometimes it's like, does anyone else see this? Mm -hmm. Right. Is, uh, yeah. is there anything outside of you and the Holy Spirit? I'm not discrediting the power of the Holy Spirit, but is there <laughs> any other suggestion that this is a good use yeah. of your life? and Especially honestly, your local church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> honestly, not just individuals, but this yeah. whole group that yeah. can make better decisions than just even individuals. Mm -hmm. one, one, of... really, one really interesting... Sorry to interrupt you, Hannah. No, okay. One really interesting She'll get you back. example of this in the Bible that uh, I think uh, is fascinating is uh, that even the Apostle Paul, when he has been given like an astonishing conversion and uh, calling by God to be the Apostle to go to the Gentiles, 
Like he still is set apart by a local church in Antioch with Barnabas uh, and mm-hmm. they lay hands on him and send him out. So it's like with the affirmation of the church, even though he's an apostle. <laughs> so how much more so for someone who's right. a missionary to yeah. kind of like do that in the context of uh, of a local church that's watching their lives and saying, yes, we think you're equipped or qualified. We think you've got gifts of teaching and uh, holy character. Uh, and then and then to send you out. And, and honestly, why wouldn't you want that? Because it's like True. such a joy. Mm. It's such a joy when other churches like affirm that. So even though Addison Street Community Church didn't send us out, so to speak, you didn't sort of lay hands on us, mm-hmm. but we came here, we shared with you the vision, you assessed us, like you said mm-hmm. earlier, mm-hmm. you like wanted to make sure like, yeah. what kind of gospel are these guys preaching? And we were <laughs> trusting your connections and some of your other relationships. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah with Third Avenue Baptist yeah. in Louisville and others. And our gospel friendships like Bobby Jameson putting yep. us in touch with one another mm-hmm. and then uh, having Embassy Church come on board too with Phil Howell and and your connection with them. It's yep. just these things are actually su- – they. it's like don't skip these things. Mm. One, it's such a sense of like, I do think this is what the Lord intends for me to do because it's been affirmed by others, mm. but it's also like such a joy to do it in gospel – fellowship and partnership with others who you know and love and respect. Yeah. And I think one thing that's kind of bubbling to my mind right now is that the desire component, maybe what we're talking about, what some people feel is really fascination, Mm. (laughs) intrigue with the countries, you know? And is the desire at least somewhat linked to the opportunity do you want to go somewhere because like there's actual gospel opportunity or because you're infatuated maybe with like a big incredible city like dubai yeah. i mean there are few yeah. cities Who wouldn't like dubai in the world or sometimes i think people sort of like romanticize living with a tribe in a remote place you know and and there's a big cost to be counted to going and doing something like that and i think another thing that's really important is like are you just going to go by yourself and live mm. with a bunch of people? Like that's not how God calls us right. to live. He calls us to live in community. Yeah. So Christ sends out his disciples two by two. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, you see, I don't know how many individuals do we see like sent just one person in the new Testament. Mm. I'm hard pressed. to. I mean, in Acts eight, it's kind of an anomaly when Philip, Philip is sent to the eunuch. <laughs> But he just yeah, came from a big that is crowd. An anomaly. Yeah, that was that's sort a, of on that's the a, road, you yeah. know, an impromptu. Transported by <laughs> a lot of missionaries, <laughs> biographies like Phillips. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So um, to put a kind of a, a bow on this part of the episode, Mark and Hannah, you're kind of saying that if you want to be a missionary and you're a married couple, let's say, yeah. I, want to, I want to talk about singles in a second. Oh, yeah. If you're a married couple, the brother's probably got to be, his life has got to be trending towards elder qualified material. Yeah, at the base. Is that what you would yeah, say? Yeah, I think I think so. I think, you know, if especially if like the purpose of their move is for the sake of the gospel. You know, my parents, for example, my dad and mum moved to Dubai n- not primarily for the sake of the gospel, though they loved the Lord and they wanted the gospel right. to go forth, but my dad was going to go be a civil engineer, mm-hmm. to go and be a project manager in construction work. Mm-hmm. Now they had a heart for the nations, just as every Christian should, mm-hmm. and they had a desire to go uh, for a season there to the UAE, and they did, and they went to, and participated in a local church in Dubai, a very small one at the time, but it grew. And 
So yeah, I'd say like if your intentions are for the sake of the gospel and to, you know, with the support of the church, you know, I I think then I'd say you should really be uh, at least on, on approach towards elder qualified. Uh, and particularly so if you're going to be like the, 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 the point of the spear in doing the ministry there. You know, if you're going as kind of like this, a supporting role to a, to a team of, of, of missionaries or something like that, I think it's still good to be approaching elder qualified, but maybe if your gifts are different and maybe teaching is not like, you're not like, uh, a really gifted teacher yet. Like, I think if you're supporting, I think that could be. So that, that leads me to the next thing I just want to talk about briefly is part of our listenership are, are single women Mm. and several of whom actually have desires to take the gospel to places not America, yeah. I mean, not the West. What is the church's role? What is their relationship to a church? Should churches support single women in missionary endeavors? Maybe we're opening up a can of worms here, but I think it's this is a good place for it, and we can let our listeners you know, pick up the pieces sure. later. But <laughs> yeah, talk to us about that. We've never actually talked about that, but we want to just touch on it no, and then move. It's great. Um, I I think that... Um, the, the qualifications for an elder, uh, can be, you know, in many of them can be applicable to someone who wants to be in ministry. That's a woman. I Mm -hmm. think the role and office of elder is, uh, reserved for qualified men only. But I think that doesn't mean that those, those portions of scripture are, are not applicable to a woman in the church. Um, so I think that, yeah, those can be helpful. I don't think it's, uh, it's, uh, a, a bad thing to send, uh, godly, um, gifted women overseas to, to, to serve in ministry. That's been done throughout kind of the history of missions in, mm-hmm. um, in the life of the church. And we've, we've also seen that in the UAE with the campus ministry. So when Brian and Joanne, first moved there, Hannah's parents, um, they, they started to see, uh, ministry happen on campuses amongst both men and women. And so it was helpful to have staff who were both men and women, especially in a context like we are, where there's actually quite a lot of segregation between men and women. Mm, And so, um, godly women that, that joined the team, Mm -hmm. some of whom were raised up from within. Um, so they were local, uh, staff members and some who came from outside of the UAE to help come alongside the ministry. And they were wonderful. Uh, and they saw a lot of fruit uh, in terms of conversions and mm-hmm. people growing. And so, yeah, I think that's, yeah, I think it's very appropriate. What about, what do you think, Hannah? Yeah, I think like for a woman in ministry, um, overseas in particular, like it would be important for her to consider like, um, just that it can be lonely, I think, at times. And um, knowing that there is going to be, I, I would say this for anyone, men and women, that you know they're either going with pioneering in a place where they're going with a team of people that can sort of, they can be a church together, mm. um, reaching out to people, hoping that God will bring more people into their church or going maybe to a big international city like ours where there are healthy churches that they can join and be a part of and serve as, Um, even as they're doing ministry, I guess I would also say this is for both men and women as well, but in our church in Dubai, some of, 
some of the most godly women I can think of that I admire are single women that are have moved there to work in a secular job. Um, hmm. And they are using their gifts and their role for the glory of God working, trying to be a faithful teacher or a faithful accountant or mm. whatever it may be. Uh. But they're they're really like being bold to share the gospel with people from other cultures in their workplace. They're, you know, serving faithfully in the church, mm. um, bringing their friends to church. Um, so good. Studying the Bible. I mean, I, w- I don't want to discount that for young people that would have a desire to go overseas. I think you don't have to necessarily be in full-time right. missionary or in full-time ministry to to move. I would just encourage young people to also consider that. Like, are you studying something where you could find a role, you know, and um, working overseas and be a really faithful church member? Because mm. um, that is something that we... Mm-hmm we want to praise and and we benefited from is just yeah. people that come to Dubai um, who want to honor God in their job in their yeah. ordinary workplace. And that teaches other people in the church, you know, that they're how to do that yeah. in, in yeah. a way that glorifies God. Um, yeah. So that's something else for people to consider. So we've talked a lot about calling, which I think has been immensely helpful to us. Briefly, we want to touch on the sending aspect of like, okay, how how, how did Covenant Hope start? Uh, mm. How do you understand yourself now connected to not only churches in the United States that you've alluded yeah. to, but other churches in Dubai? So talk to us about, yeah, Covenant Hope and uh, just briefly, just for the sake of time, yeah, uh, but also maybe some spiritual dynamics or principles mm. that you found to be helpful in that sending that should be kind of applied to other missionaries or other churches that are planted. So you've heard the dictum, and maybe John Piper came up with it, you either go, you send, or you're disobedient. Uh And not that we put stock in that, but it's, it's, it's a helpful way to view anyone in the church can put themselves in that. Yeah. So we're at the, the question is about the sending component. You have been sent but now as a pastor of a church, you're yeah. actually in the position of sending. That's right. That's right. So talk to us about that. So when we started the church uh, early 2017, I had just finished seminary in Louisville, Kentucky, and moved back to help plant uh, Covenant Hope Church. So at that point, I knew what I was going back for, and I knew that I was going back to the UAE. Mm-hmm. And I would say it was interesting because it's not kind of it's not typical, but I was kind of, in some sense, uh, I was leaving Third Avenue Baptist Church, where I had been uh, a member for the duration of my time at Southern Seminary. I was also connecting with other churches that were going to help support us financially, like Addison Street Community Church. Um, And then also, in another way, we were being sent out from a church in Dubai. So that church that I had been trained in, (laughs) in uh, Redeemer Church of Dubai, Uh, was sending me to go and be part of the plant team for Covenant Hope. And they were doing that to reach a different part of the city. And they also sent, um, so Redeemer didn't just send myself, it sent, they sent some elders with us, which Mm -hmm. was amazing. So lay elders, and they sent Brian to be the senior pastor of the church. Mm -hmm. And so we started with elders already, like a plurality of elders, which is a gift to the church. Wow. They sent us with members as well, and they sent some of their best. So it's like, man, it was a sacrifice for the sending church. It's always going to be a sacrifice. 
This was not an opportunity for them to send members who were a little disgruntled or members that were a little frustrated with something. (laughs) They were sending people who were fruitful in ministry and had a track record of being really faithful. Maybe this is a wrong question, and you can tell me. Has Redeemer um, recovered from that, (laughs) that kind of bleeding out their best? Wow. it's it's a good question. I think they felt it. You know, sure. they 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 actually sent four elders. Wow. This is so. This is a big sacrifice. Right. Um, so generous and <laughs> so generous. And uh, I think, in some ways, of course, that's going to affect the church. Sending four faithful shepherds out that's going to affect the whole the whole church. Yeah. But it also creates uh, room for men who are like aspiring or on the on the road it creates more room for them to say hey somebody needs to lead here somebody needs to shepherd here we've lost a couple of shepherds and so i think that actually that that effect it's of course it's a sacrifice but it also has fruitful uh effects on the church and the church is living out the gospel to say like hey we're gonna we're going to sacrifice we're gonna bear a big cost for the sake of the good of others and the good of our city and the good of the lost. Mm. And so I think in some ways that just kind of models the the love of Christ in laying down his life for the sake of others. And the sending aspect, the The father sends the son, father and son send the spirit. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yes, it was costly to them. Another church in Dubai called Evangelical Christian Church of Dubai sent out members with us too. Um, And so yeah, I think the sending, um, the sending is really serious, and it's a it's a high calling, and it's yeah. a painful one, and it's mm. it's costly, um, and even as a church, like to be established that way, kind of puts it in the DNA right. of Covenant Hope Church. It gives me chills because it's even the way you're describing it. It's like that's Christian sending. Mm. Like there's something about the essence of how they called you that gives off the aroma of Christ, the sacrifice, the selflessness of of even that. And And you're alluding, it's got to be a part of your own DNA as a church. It's like we owe sort of everything ultimately to God, but in an earthly sense to Redeemer. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, you know, that's obviously, I want to say like, that's Christ in us. That's not because we're great. It's not because right. Redeemer's Amen. great. It's because of Jesus. Amen. And you got to really... great too, but I get what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think, you know, so we had that in our DNA from early on, um, and we still want that more and more. And so as a church, uh, even in the last six years since we, we were established, um, we have b- b- had the joyful, painful privilege of sending out elders from our church. Mm, already, wow. So even one of those elders that came to help found the church was planning to leave, uh, even even before he came to found the church. So he came and said, hey, I'm going to pour in as much as I can for this year, and then I'm headed to another part of the world to help another church. Wow. To Iraq. And so he <laughs> moved to northern Iraq, to Erbil. His name's David Lawrence. We love the Lawrences. They're faithful friends and partners in the gospel. He's still there. He's the senior pastor of uh, Erbil um, International International Christian Church or Baptist Church. Church. Yeah. Um, And so we sent him another brother who came to help plant the church. Uh, His name's John Pentecost. He's the senior pastor of Smyrna International Protestant Church uh, in uh, Izmir, Turkey. it's the biblical city Smyrna that's mentioned <laughs> in Revelation. Revelation. Oh. Um, and he's, so he's gone out 
And I mean, there's tears every time we do this. Mm. You know, it, it's painful. We love these people. We're not sending them out because we're like, oh, we're ready to get rid of you. <laughs> we're sending them out because we love them so much and they want to do something wonderful for Christ. And it's so, the tears of uh, Paul and the Ephesian elders in Acts amen. 20. Yeah. yeah. Those yeah. are the happy tears, yeah. holy tears. So we are at time. I wish we could talk for another hour. Um, if you've been hearing some extraordinarily cute sounds in the background, it's because ministry is a family affair. And mm. uh, uh, Charlotte Donald is in the background here, and we're blessed by this little image bearer. So uh, we trust that you also enjoy the little sounds as a compliment to this podcast. <laughs> guys, this has been a blessing. The gospel is a treasure to you guys, and the gospel is this amazing jewel that no matter how you turn it, it gives off this fresh light. So, Hannah, I'm wondering if you could just close us by talking about an aspect of the gospel that's just been ministering to you and Mark and your family lately, maybe mm. your church. I, I know I'm putting you on the spot, yeah, but no. I know you love the gospel. So what, what's yeah. an aspect of the gospel that's just been ministering to you lately? Um, man, I would say over the last few years, so we've we've um, struggled to have children and we have Charlotte, which she's been such a blessing. But I think in the years of struggling with infertility, um, our marriage has been so sweet and mm. it's been a kindness of the Lord, even through that trial to mm. be able to remind each other of gospel truths and like cling to them. Mm. Um, even when we feel really sad and really longing for this good gift. Um, and one thing that I think Mark has reminded me of, and I've, am trying to preach to myself regularly is like when we're longing for something good that feels like the Lord's withholding from us, just to remember that God has not withheld any good thing from us. Mm. And that like, Amen. it's easy to think that we deserve good gifts from the Lord. Um, but when you actually think about what we deserve because of our sin, like we deserve God's judgment and we deserve to be separated from him. But like, praise God that in his grace and in his mercy and in his kindness, he has not given us what we deserve, mm. but he has poured out like riches of spiritual blessings on us in Christ. Mm. And that we have, not only do we have forgiveness of our sin, not only do we have a, a amazing savior to follow who loves us, mm. who's with us always. We have his spirit. Um, we have his word. Um, we have his people. We're brought into a family of believers mm. Um, we have an eternal hope in heaven um, wow. and just like all these spiritual blessings right. just to dwell on all that we have in Christ and just God's kindness to us. Um, you know, I think another thing is when we're, when we're um, trying to minister to and love people in our church, maybe we're going through really difficult things or um, they're struggling themselves. I think um, it, it, it just, we have to be patient and remember God's patience and mm. like just his kind, tender loving kindness yeah. to us in Amen. Christ that he would love us um, so tenderly, so richly. Um, so I don't know. That's something that's been beautiful. blessing me beautiful. lately. And I want to encourage other people to remember that when yeah. they're going through any little, any hard things, you know, yeah. whether they're big or small. Yeah. So, mm. well, What a beautiful gospel and how beautifully stated. Uh, we're glad that you tuned into this episode of Chicago's Gospel Podcast, and we hope that you're encouraged in all of this, that the same gospel that's shaping our life here in Chicago is the same gospel that's shaping mm. the Donald's lives and um, those who live in Dubai. It's shaping their lives as well. So thank you both for being here. Um, 
It's yeah. my pro- pleasure and privilege. Yeah, thank yeah. you guys. Thanks for joining the conversation on Chicago's Gospel Podcast. If you're benefiting from these conversations, consider sharing this podcast episode with a friend or neighbor. We would also love to hear about topics you want to discuss. So reach out to us with your ideas at gospel at ASCCChicago.org. Until next time, remember that Christ's unchanging gospel is transforming your life in an ever-changing city.